0: The jobless claims number, while not the biggest deal this week by far, I think, again, many will be looking to this after the Fed uh, raised rates yesterday, 75 basis points, to see how labor conditions uh, here in the U.S. fare in this higher-rate environment. Let's bring in Dan Deming. He's the managing director of KKM Financial, joining us here. Uh, to take a look at the number. Dan, good morning to you. Welcome. We're looking at the indices here. Kind of mixed this morning as the dust settles from the Fed yesterday. Wanted you to get your take on this because we heard from Powell yesterday. He mentioned how, well, expecting to see growth uh, come off a little bit in unemployment up a little bit in response to a higher rate environment, but it still looks like, uh, for the most part, in terms of these weekly jobless claims, we have a very strong labor market here in the U.S. 213,000, Dan, uh, below expectations for 218, and it looks like last week's got revised lower to 208.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're seeing a a small reaction in the futures after the release of that number. It's stronger than anticipated. Again, it plays into the narrative of uh, the Fed continuing to allowing the Fed to continue to maintain aggressive posturing. And uh, you know, as you mentioned, you know, the 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 revisions to the jobs data that that the Fed kind of anticipates is uh, is pretty minimal, really. You know, when you look at the overall prospects of, uh, you know, other things that are unfolding within the economic structure that if they just see the unemployment rate going to 3.8 by the end of the year, it's up one-tenth of a percent from what they projected a month ago, and 4.4 of in 2023, I mean, from a historical standpoint, that's still a very strong labor market. So. Um, you know, that, that's a challenge for them, and that's something that they continue to identify as, uh, you know, trying to bring workers back into the workforce to reduce the wage inflation that's kind of inherent now into the system. And, yeah, we're seeing it play out across, you know, the various markets here, Ben, as far as the repricing of expectations. And, yeah, today's going to be an interesting day. As you pointed out, we've been above and below break-even throughout the night, um, and central banks across the globe continue to unfold their policies uh, uh, all through this week as well.
0: You know, as I I look at this number here, Dan, and uh, it it is a bit of a challenge here in terms of what we're seeing, very strong labor conditions here to say the least. But, you know, I'm wondering if this number, I guess as it comes down a bit, right, maybe not attracting so much as it nears that 200,000 level, uh, it does point to strength in terms of uh, the job market. We've been seeing that. We know that's uh, still remains to be the case. But I guess I, I, the question here is it seems like maybe this would spark a little bit more reaction if we were to start to see the numbers on the rise, right? And then we would kind of be a little bit more focused on the high-frequency aspect of this. But as long as they're on the decline, right, it sort of eases concerns and we can kind of just look at the bigger-picture number.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so, Ben. Uh, you know, I guess as this continues to unfold, as we move towards the end of this year and early next year, You know, uh, that's going to be the the, one of the big uh, debatable topics. If they start to rise, you mean? Yes, and and just and also just the fact that you know, given the fact that um, you know, we're maybe seeing adjustment there, which the market I think would view that as uh, some uh, potential relief. uh, You know, and also uh, you know, putting would shift the Fed narrative slightly, Mm -hmm. maybe. Mm -hmm. You know, again, but if I mean, the thing is, is that they're looking for four point four percent unemployment rate next year. Uh, You know, even though they're going to potentially continue to maintain this aggressive stance, that's not too big of a shift, really. Um, And um, so I think that that's the real interesting dynamic in this whole uh, thing that's continuing to unfold from the pandemic is the fact that trying to get people back in the labor force. He mentioned several times yesterday, there's two job openings or there's what one whatever It's two to one where there's more job openings than there are people in the workforce right now. And that as long as that dynamic holds true, then, you know, I guess there's going to be a debate on, you know, what type of recession are we going to fall into if, you know, which I think we're kind of teetering on that fact. And they basically indicated that they see below growth prospects for the economy in the coming quarters. And that's basically (laughs) their words for recession. Uh, So, um, you know, this is going to be this is not going to be an easy market to navigate in mm-hmm. the coming months because of all these dynamics that continue to kind of work. Uh, that's not typical within what you typically see when you see this type of aggressive stance by the Fed. You'd see job uh, unemployment start to rise fairly quickly because of layoffs and other things, and that's just not the case this time.
0: You know, and and one can understand the circumstances we're in as we come out of an unprecedented uh, situation, the COVID environment uh, that we were dealing with and the constraint that put on financial markets, the Fed and uh, just really the impact that that's had. Uh, we're kind of really just dealing with that right now. Let's talk about because what you're uh, saying here, it sounds like is kind of wash rinse repeat a little bit more of the same, right? Continuation, more likely than change. And to that uh, a point here, we've seen the U.S. dollar, which continues to surge higher, uh, remains very strong and a reflection of uh, the fundamentals that we're discussing here.
1: Yeah, yeah, I caught what you and JB were talking about, and certainly you guys covered that very well. And and looking at the, the trends as you are pointing to Ben, yeah, the, the dollar going to uh, one eleven spot five six, I believe. Um, you know, overnight that's the twenty plus year high. You know, coming back in now the one ten half. Mm-hmm. So at least there's a bit of relief. And and again, I think part of that relief is because we are now seeing. Uh, you know, more aggressive central banks across the globe. Now, I know Bank of England, there was some talk that they could go 75, they chose to go 50, yeah. but still, that's a pretty big step for them. Uh, Bank of Norway, we did see, was a Bank of Sweden went 100 a couple of days ago, which was unexpected. You know, so there are, the central banks across the globe outside of Japan are continuing uh, to, you know, shift and become more aggressive. And you know, it, they needed. I mean, that's why the dollar was rallying. I mean, the dollar's rallying for a few reasons, but certainly the interest rate environment here in the U.S. relative to the rest of the globe was part of the reason. And now we're starting to see at least uh, some other central banks becoming much more assertive in their policy as well. So at some point, you would think that that's going to have uh, some uh, of a uh, an impact on the, the the rise of the dollar. Now, the other question is is the stability in the markets. You know, I guess um, if we see the equity markets find some stability. Uh, then the dollar would probably uh, back off a little bit as well. But given the current environment, Ben, with the strong dollar, I know you and JB pointed to it, but I want to point to it again, it's going to have an impact on earnings. It's going to have an impact on repatriation of dollars back to the U.S. I mean, all those things are going to impact the U.S. economy moving forward.
0: At some point, and I'd agree with that, obviously it. It's- still has yet to happen, but with this central bank shift and you mentioned here that more assertive uh, approach in terms of their policy uh, decision-making process and uh, uh, the ramifications of, I mean, at some point, this should... The dollar should come off. Some of those other foreign currencies should strengthen. But also we've got the situation with a lot of unknowns as far as, well, the U.K., the British pound and the EU as far as what's going on this winter and some of their situations that's playing out with Russia in this week. That was a major focal point, adding to the troops and kind of prolonging uh, the situation that's been weighing on the currency there, whether you're talking energies or just, uh, you know, unknowns as far as currency. Uh, proximity to Russia. And ultimately, I mean, we've seen that play out. So it could be some time before that happens, if some of the other fundamentals remain in place, right? Russia being that kind of weight right now, where central bankers ultimately, in theory, are supportive of uh, other currencies. But we haven't seen that in price still.
1: Right. No, you're right. And yeah, those and it's those uncertainties that are so highlighted right now in the global economic structure. That keep the dollar uh, yeah. uh, higher. You know, it's certainly benefiting from the uncertainties from a global perspective. You know, I think it is interesting. The other thing that I I'm watching um, to see how this is going to unfold and could be a hint of what's uh, to happen here and some of the other markets is the the dispersion now between gold and silver. It's an interesting dynamic in the metals markets where we're seeing gold coming. You know, holding just off two and a half year lows. Uh, again, it has a, a lot to do with the dollar strength and mm-hmm. the rising rates. But silver, you know, really is uh, poised to kind of maybe make a new short-term high here. So there's some dis- dispersion there. And, um, you know, I'm not sure, you know, what it all means, but it is a unique kind of structure within the metals markets. And that we're not seeing copper rally. So, you know, the interesting dynamic is that silver does have that industrial use, yet mm-hmm. we're still continuing to see it uh, showing relative strength. Uh, within the metals markets and um, so that's something i think that's worth watching here as we we see this unfold and uh, also you know when you look at the dollar uh we're looking at the equity markets now ben you know pushing down to uh you know as you guys pointed out uh closing in on those june lows now
0: 3809 uh for the es 3808 right now so again within 100 points or 200 points of uh, that 3639 low i think it was Uh, Dan, obviously, when you're talking about uh, copper and some of those metals, you're talking about rates and the impact that we're seeing, not only the U.S. dollar, right, but concerns about growth. And uh, with the TNX, the 30-year spiking as the dollar rallied as well, we did see... Uh, gold come off again below 1,700 and holding this week. It's been a volatile trade the last couple days, to say the least, though. Talk to us about rates, though, and as dust settles from the Fed here right now, the trajectory has been to the upside. We're breaking out. Um, uh, does that continue? I mean, are, are we at the point where uh, we see this four-year, which has been two-year, I should say, which has been attracting a lot of attention to 4%. I mean, uh, that, in terms of some of the uncertainties we just talked about as far as the Fed and uh, the difficult environment they're forced to navigate right now?
1: Yes, it does, and it also puts pressure on the markets. It, it, it's putting a tremendous amount of pressure on various aspects of the economic structure and the, the markets as well. And, yeah, 4.07 right now in the, the two-year as we uh, move towards the open this morning, You know, that's certainly just off of the high. I believe 4.11 was uh, yesterday's high. So you know, the inversion continues to uh, widen. Uh, and um, and in, in, as that continues to widen then that's certainly inferring that the likelihood of a recession is increasing more and more and more and uh, you know the, the and with the, the fed on this trajectory it's it's going to take something it's it, it's going to maintain that inversion and this type of uh guess like price level uh, until the fed decides to kind of at least indicate that they're going to slow uh the rate hikes and um there's no indication that they're going to slow in november right now so that's why i think you continue to see the shorter on the curve selling right. off pushing those yields uh you know to the highest level in quite some time now the back end of the curve is interesting ben you know we did this 30 years actually lower today uh was it 350 um and um you know so uh we're seeing a, a shifting dynamic there but there's just so many moving parts on the short in the curve, and the Fed maintaining this aggressive stance and continuing to reiterate it. The market continues to think that, you know, they're going to call off the dogs. They thought it was going to happen in June. It didn't happen. And so it had to reset for that. And now it's now pricing a very high probability based on what the talking points yesterday that November is going to be another 75 basis point hike.
0: Five year, I just looked. The FBX if higher this week, it's eight in a row to the upside. Dan, uh, the thirty year this week to three spots, six two. Let's talk lastly about Bitcoin. Some choice words from Jamie Dimon. It's hanging in there, Oh uh, that, pretty well, uh, considering. Uh, talk to us about what you're seeing there, right around nineteen thousand for the futures.
1: It is, yeah. You know, it is hanging in there for, uh, for the time being, and. Um You know, I guess given all the other things that we're seeing uh, play out, that it's, I'm surprised to some degree that it has, uh, it's digesting a lot of different uh, narratives in the market, to say the least. And certainly Jamie Dimon's uh, observation uh, was uh, a shot across the bow. But, um, you know, I, you know, I, I, the fact that it's off the lows with the market trending back down towards the lows, I guess, when we look at a relative strength standpoint, is something to point to. Um, you know, I don't know right now. The central banks seem to be so preoccupied with um, the other things that they're contending with that you don't hear a lot about legislation there, although there still is some rumblings of some certain things in the digital world. I guess the one thing that's a positive, Ben, if you look at the whole space, I look at the space as a whole, is the fact that you continue to still to hear the talk about the transition to digital currencies, how that's gonna unfold. Now, is Bitcoin gonna be the winner in that or Ethereum or one other? We don't know. But that transition is continuing to unfold. So the technology, I think, is of value. You know, it's a hard uh, call on you know the actual uh, structure that they currently are in with the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and all the ones out there. You know, as to how the, that's going to unfold in the future. But I do think that there's going to be value in the technology that we continue to see um, uh, evolving.
0: A decentralized Ponzi scheme, he called it. Now that was kind of dialing back some of his rhetoric in the past where he had called it a fraud, basically, uh, a few years ago. So uh, I guess maybe the Bitcoiners can be uh, find comfort in that. At least he's kind of changing his uh, thoughts to the better there, maybe. I don't know, depending on how you look at it. Dan, appreciate you joining us here. Always a pleasure. Dan Demond, the Managing Director of KKM Financial.